Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Reality TV Rehappy Hour. I am your unofficial co-host, Taryn Armstrong, filling in for Jordan Parhar tonight. We are live here on RobHasTheWebsite.com to talk about the latest Big Brother Canada 5 eviction episode. And with me tonight is the man I am definitely not in a showmance with, Brent Walgamont. How you doing, Brent? Taryn, having you on the podcast is just unbearable. I don't know how I can stand it. Yeah, I got way really too fast. many, way too many unbearable puns tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also with me tonight is a girl who told me that she's Dylan's new Emily. Melissa Denny. Yes. How you doing, Melissa? <laughs> I've been taken under the Dylan spell, I think. Or maybe I've just gone insane. I really don't know. But, you know, he was coming across really funny and charming and great on the feet. So I think I've gone insane. <laughs> I, I can't, think that's I can't really believe what, what I'm hearing right now. I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't I feel... believe it's coming out of my mouth right now. <laughs> After We're... just like a couple weeks ago, I was sitting there shuddering at the very thought. Now I'm just like, he's so funny, though. But like, don't you think he's funny? <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. We have a chat room that is live on robhasawebsite.com, and you can send questions in to me at Armstrong Taren on Twitter. So let's get straight into this episode. We start out with the fallout, or not the fallout, actually. We start out with the actual secret veto usage because there was a cliffhanger last time, and that was incredibly dumb. Uh, tell me about this ceremony, Brent. <laughs> Uh, well, just, we, well, we, we, sorry, we talked so much about it last night. I mean, basically the ceremony was the, uh, the beginning of the, uh, of the, the beginning of the beginning for, uh, Karen's paranoia. I thought it was hilarious tonight that, uh, that she called herself a witch because I'm a big fan of the show Charmed, which of course had witches. And there was this episode where there was like a paranoia crystal. And I'm thinking that Karen got infected with that because uh, <laughs> bitches paranoia is just amazing. Like Dimitri said when he was talking in the diary room, uh, to call her paranoid is a bit of an understatement. Um, obviously, Kevin got off the block. We saw the return of the Kevin clap. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> and uh, he was ecstatic about it, instantly figured out that it was William. Uh, the rest of the house guests still don't know. That was what we talked about last night was that it's amazing that they don't know that it was William and uh, Karen is on the warpath. So that's where the episode took us. Yeah, I just that like that felt so deflated to me that moment, seeing it in the beginning of this episode, the second yeah. half of it. Like, I just I know that it's been talked about that. What a dumb decision it was to leave that on a cliffhanger. But like, man, it really it really just felt like, all right, yada, yada, you know, get this over with. We, you know, everybody yeah, knows already. already. Know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ugh. Last night I was like, I was so pumped and excited for it. I was like, okay, mm -hmm. here we go. And then it was just like, and then this time it's just like, I already am like, okay, I'm over it. It's done. That's exactly like, what happened to me on. because I, you know, was doing my food and I'm like, okay, I don't need to worry about the first few minutes because it's always like a <laughs> recap of stuff. And so I got on and literally as I turn on, uh, the show, it was Dimitri reading the card. I'm like, oh, I just barely made it for this. Like, I totally forgot. And then mm -hmm. it was like, it was, yeah, it was totally a letdown. Yeah. And uh, Karen, right away, talking to Dimitri. Yeah. You screwed your game up. You screwed it up. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like they're being very kind to her in this because there was a lot more they could have used. I mean, they could have <laughs> had like the entire episode with her just like being crazy. And instead, they kind of wasn't as like exciting as I thought they might try and make it. But I have, I agree with you in part. I, I do feel like they showed some of the bad side. Of, I could hear the audience because you, you know, in Big Brother Canada, they let you hear the audience's reaction to what's being shown. And I, yeah. I heard some people gasp and moan at some of the things that she was saying to Kevin that were really, really harsh. Uh, on the other hand, Melissa, you know, we had to save some time for this amazing 
bear competition. I mean, that was <laughs> so what you want to see on a Thursday night when everything's all exciting is, uh, and they gave a whole thousand dollars to charity. Wow. That's, that's, that's really good. Yeah. I'm throwing shade. A whole thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm wow. throwing shade. Yeah. Brent, that's money. That's going to charity. That's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. important. Yeah. A whole thousand dollars. <laughs> they're job. solving they some social Canada? issues here. All right. um yes we see the karen and kevin argument here uh it is i I do think it was a little bit edited you know in karen's favor as much as it could be um but certainly i don't think it came off well for for karen here and um yeah we did see some some cheering at at karen's uh uh, people evicting karen and some booing at people evicting bruno so i definitely think that there was some opinion shifting here i don't know if that translates to the general audience or if it was just the live audience but um they definitely were not cheering for karen yeah i would say that's probably true uh i i I, the people who go to the live shows are people like us who are really engaged and watch the feeds and really know what's going on the general public who watches the show they probably just think karen's a crazy old lady and she's you know of course she's upset that she got put on the block Uh, i will say one thing i agree with karen in in part that i do think that dimitri and aika messed up their game even more than i think it's already messed up going into this coming week uh, by nominating Karen because she really was with them. And I don't think she is anymore. And uh, Jackie is still a bit of a question mark to me. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, Karen was basically the one person that was most loyal to Ika and Dimitri's. Um, and I think the second most loyal was probably Kevin at one point earlier this week. <laughs> um, and they also decided to throw him under the bus. So uh, wrong choices here. And I think it's mostly stemming from Dre. Uh, again, we got to give credit to Dre for completely snowing uh, Ika here. Um, you know, what are you going to do when when the one person you trust is leading you astray? It's yeah. not much you can do. D- they talk about Ika being convincing all the time, but Dre is very convincing. She can convince anyone that she's with them. It's very it's crazy how she can do it. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so we did see some campaigning from Kevin and Bruno. Uh, basically what they showed in the episode was a lot of what we had seen previously in the week where they're saying to Ika and Dimitri again, listen, these other five, they're going to come after you. Uh, you are big targets. If I leave, then you are very vulnerable. You need us just as much as we need you. Let's do this. Let's let's roll to the final four. Um, like we can, we can run this together. If not, we're, we're taking each other out and they're laughing and, uh, it, it, Almost works with Ika so many times, but it seems as though Dimitri is the one that kind of uh, holds this back from working. What do you think, Brent? No, I disagree with that. I think Ika's the one who's holding it back from working because she doesn't want to put Dimitri in a spot where effen- uh, effectively he makes a move that she wants him to make and then he has to pay the price for it because she realizes he's the bigger target than her. So I feel like Ika, if she wanted to save, Dim- if she wanted to save Bruno, she could have done it. But she doesn't want to do it because she's consistently said to everybody, I don't want to convince him to make this move and then have to pay for it with his eviction the next week. Uh, And the other thing that really stood out to me is that Aika doesn't want to be made a fool. She doesn't want to be seen as a fool in Big Brother Canada. I think this is a recurring concept we have to come back to on a lot of reality shows, Survivor, Big Brother, Big Brother Canada, because people, especially returnees, they don't want to be seen as somebody who is laughed at by the audience for making the same mistakes that they might've made their first time around. Obviously I'm excluding Cindy from this whole conversation. Uh, It's, it seems to me that Ika more than anything, especially in her eviction uh, vote and in what she said afterwards in the goodbye message, 
She probably might have made this jump. Maybe strategically it makes sense. But on the off chance that she's reading him wrong, she doesn't want to be had by Bruno again after she feels, in her mind, she's been had by him so many times through this season. Yeah, she likened him to like a cheating boyfriend in her (laughs) goodbye message uh, saying, you know, you cheated on me once. You lied to me once. You did it again. I just I can't trust you moving forward. I can't let you do it again. Um, how did Bruno really cheat that many times? Like we, we've continued this narrative, which is that like Kevin and Bruno have been lying to Ike and Dimitri had been betraying them. Is that really the case? Because what I remember is that they were both kind of at fault there. Like Ike and Dimitri were kind of building up their own army, just as Bruno and Kevin were also building up their army. Um, if this is the reason why she can't do a move that is probably better for her, um, should she really be thinking in terms of they betrayed me when maybe that wasn't even the case in the first place, Melissa? I think it's one of those those biases that you don't really see your own faults. So I think that they're saying, yeah, you guys weren't loyal to us. You betrayed us. You betrayed us. When really everyone was doing the same thing. If anything, I think Ika and Dimitri's were doing it more so because they really had their own side. Like they were really kind of, separate from the six so i think that i think that they just don't want to see it in themselves as being exactly the same they want to be like you guys betrayed us it was you guys who you guys stepped away so it's definitely like the eye of the beholder thing i would say though that uh bruno and kevin aren't helping themselves out by agreeing with aika and dimitris like aika and dimitris say you know you guys you guys stab me in the back you lied to me and kevin is like yeah, I know, I know, I know. But uh, but I'm really I'm telling the <laughs> truth this time. And the and the god's the god awful truth is he is. And Bruno, he is. They are telling them the truth this time. They are willing were willing to go to the final four with Demica uh, I, I was going I thought I said it wrong, but I said it right. Demica <laughs> and um Ica and Demetrius they just couldn't see it. And yeah. uh I really feel like we're wrong. I feel like we're on the path to a very bad ending for Big Brother Canada. And now with the announcement of this triple eviction coming up next week, I feel like we're really in dicey waters here, Taryn. I I agree. I think, I, I mean, this triple eviction, um, I mean, let's talk about it. Like we, it's, it's been rumored, you know, they're going to have a triple eviction this season. And I think most of us on this podcast have been like, they're not going to do that. I mean, We know that they've made poor decisions in the past, but surely they're not going to do another triple eviction. Surely they would want two double evictions or something along those lines, because that would be much more fun. Um, But of course, we have the announcement, a triple eviction announced with glee by Arissa on the show um, to some, uh, I I have to imagine, some forced cheers in the audience. Surely. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, (laughs) How do you feel about this triple, Melissa? Uh, I'm so not looking forward to it. I think it's totally unfair. I hate the way that they do it. I hate the way that it's like structured. I was telling you guys earlier, you know, if it, if it was in the form of just three evictions back to back, like as if it were like a double eviction and then another eviction, then I'd be fine with that. They went through the same process. You know, you get the HOH, the veto, then the eviction. That's fine. Like as long if it all just happens rapid, you know, rapid pace. But when they do this thing where it's like you get to, you know, just vote for one person that you want to save with two people or three people on the block. That that sucks because you're obviously going to choose. It just doesn't give people any chance. It doesn't give people who are in the minority any chance to stay. You have to be like in with everybody in order to stay. it's 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 just horrible. It's horrible. 
Okay, so uh, I'm going to say what I said last night in regards to something else. This is some shady boots bullshit. <laughs> this is what this is. Let me tell you, I cannot believe they have a sick sense of humor on Big Brother Canada, and I don't mean that in a nice way. You have a guy <laughs> in the house right now, Kevin Martin, who was the victim of the triple eviction last time, and now you bring him back into the house, and you're going to bring back the triple eviction which you got so much blowback for. Look, on this yeah, podcast, nobody likes it. I have said that I didn't mind the triple eviction as much as Alex and Taryn when we were podcasting together two years ago. However, I also said that I would not bring it back because no one really liked it. And, you know, you, it's a really bad way for some of the power players to all go out together. And you, when you have power players in the house, you want the drama of each one of them being evicted single file. So I, I have problems with it from a structural perspective. From a human perspective, I don't know why they're doing this with Kevin in the house. I mean, they have to know that that was a risk when they decided to do a triple. Again, why not just do a double of eviction and then the next week do a, another double eviction? That would be yeah. great because you'd get two nights of double eviction. And the other thing is that the house guests would never expect it. You know, the house guests can always sort of, they can sort of feel when a double eviction's coming. If you did a double eviction, like let's say tonight, and then did another one next Thursday, yeah. they, they would, would never, never see it. that coming. And it would be totally fair. Again, I'm telling you guys, this is what's going to happen. And I pray to God that this is one of the times where you can say, hashtag Brent was wrong. I really do feel like it's going to be Kevin, Ika, and Dimitri's all out of the house by next Thursday. And oh what are we going to be left with? What are we going to be left with, Taryn? Uh, it's six freaking red shirts, as Alex Kidwell told me. Six red shirts is what we're going to be left with. Six nobodies <laughs> that no one cares about other than their families. That is what you have wrought, Big Brother Canada. I hope you're happy with yourself. I, I believe it's five, uh, five red shirts, but ah. uh, point taken. Yeah. Um, yes, I completely agree. I mean, uh, just for anybody that doesn't know the exact rules of a triple eviction, what happens is uh, somebody wins HOH, they nominate three people, and then I believe three people are then chosen at random to compete in the veto with those three people. I'm not sure if the HOH competes. I think perhaps they don't. Um, I, and I think then. I think it's just two people are actually two chosen. People? So it's like, yeah, it's the HOH, the three nominees, and then two people chosen at random draw. In the chat, okay. they're saying HOH doesn't play in veto. Oh, really? Are you yeah. sure? I don't know. Okay. I mean... I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Okay. I have to go back um, and look. I'll look at yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they, they play in veto, and, um, and then ultimately there are three people on the block, and everybody votes to save one person, and the other two are evicted. And what this does basically is you can be very well set up in the game, but with three nominees, especially when there's only uh, there will only be um, seven people left in the house. So there will only be six people to choose from in the first place. Half of the house is going to be nominated. Uh, it's going to be very, uh, very difficult to avoid nomination. And you could be very well set up in the game, have lots of connections, but there's one person of the three of you that's incredibly mm -hmm. less threatening and you're done. That's it. There's nothing that you can do about it. And it virtually guarantees that the, that the worst player of the three survives and you mm -hmm. lose two players that probably could have done pretty well moving forward. And uh, I mean, obviously, um, you know, it's not the best TV either when, you know, that you don't really get any campaigning. Uh, they're just gone. And then all of a sudden, like Brent said, you could be stuck with just five red shirts. Um, By the and, way, 
I did. I did look at. I'm sorry to interrupt your point. I, I thought you were done. Um, I, I did look it up, and the HOH is is was ineligible to compete for the veto in the original triple eviction that they had on Big Brother Canada three. However, that doesn't mean that that's not, that's the way it's going to be this time. Um, and by the way, even if that's true, that that doesn't that doesn't change anything. That doesn't make it all of a sudden right. more fair. That just means you yeah. know, draw another name out of the bag. I mean, or I guess with only five people. With whatever it, it's a it, it's a terrible idea I, they got so much blowback for it the first time i'm honestly stunned it's like you know they, they're not stupid okay they it does seem like they at times they have done things to say okay we hear what you're saying guys we you know we listen to the fans the people that are loyal to the show people in canada that watch all the time but this is a real head scratcher i i really don't know what they're thinking it it feels like may, maybe it's just like a, a case of people talk about the triple eviction and it's one of the more commonly referenced twists. Um, and so they're just like, oh, must be popular. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't I can't think of any other rational. I mean, not that that's rational, but any other like any line of thought well, or logic right. that, would, that yeah. would create this. I mean, also, like it's it, they could be thinking it's better to be talked about. And then not talked about at all. So maybe talked about in maybe a not so positive way or maybe talked about in like a wow, that was crazy. That sucked kind of way. I mean, I I would agree with you. But, you know, I mean, I I go on my Periscope and uh, rail about Big Brother Canada and the things that are wrong with it sometimes. And then Arissa comes on a podcast and says, well, you know, well, we don't want to talk too much, too much bad about the show. I mean, we we, want to keep on a happy face. So so you you can't have it both ways. You know, and Arissa is a friend of this podcast. But if on one hand you're saying, well, you know, we, we, we don't want to talk too bad about the show but on other ways you're saying well you know it's better to be talked about even if it's in a bad way well those two things can't coexist so i'm gonna talk bad about it for now and say it's a really boneheaded decision (laughs) i don't throw any shade at arissa for hyping it at the end that's her job she's the host it's obviously not her decision but it's a bad call yeah and i mean again like to top it off like the more boring stuff about this is that like it's also not a very fair twist, which obviously no twists are fair, but it gives way too much power to the person who just happens to win that particular HOH and to the person that is the outgoing HOH. Uh, very unfortunate for them because they don't get to compete in the most important HOH competition. Uh, right. And they have they obviously have no way to predict that the that the triple is coming up. Right. Exactly. So, and in yeah. the last uh, uh, time around that they did the triple eviction. Kevin Martin was the outgoing HOH going into the triple eviction. So, I mean, you know, God forbid if that happens again. I know. I mean, to I mean to go out the same way would be very unfortunate. Um, so yeah, triple eviction. Not a fan. Um, I I just I I wish they hadn't done this. Like you could have gotten two doubles. Doubles are fun. Why why can't we just do doubles? Yeah. Ugh, and you I know what? Like, like I said, if you, if you had a double and then followed by another double the next week, the house guests would totally not see it coming. And when people don't see stuff coming, they make dumb decisions, like what Cindy did in the double. When they weren't in people, when people aren't able to talk to people, and you know things are moving at a rapid pace, that's when you get fun television. That's when people's emotions come out because they they, they can't say things the way they want to say them, so their emotions get in the way and cloud their judgment, and their mouth talks a little bit too much. That's what you want, but. I don't know why you're going to blow your wad all in one night. Yeah. Or like at the very least have two doubles uh, over the course of like uh, one night. Right. Yeah. Like be like have a double eviction and then be like, guess what? It's yeah, like still it's another one. Over. Yeah. And still you can still call that a triple. Yeah. That'd be great. Oh, my God. That's a great idea. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, all right. So we also, um, you know, getting back to the episode, 
Uh, we also got a segment from Kevin and William here. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the first sort of negative stuff I've seen from for Kevin. I think mo- for most of the season. I mean, we've we've definitely gotten stuff where he's saying that he's playing Will, but um, not a whole lot of like sad William in response. And I feel like that's what what really garners the negative reaction. Uh, Kevin says he wants to make sure that William understands that it's just flirting there's nothing more and he hopes that william doesn't think there's anything more he makes it very explicitly clear to to william this i don't consider this a showman's and and william is not too happy about this brent yeah well i think a couple of things um first of all i don't william can go uh climb a tree for all i care i mean you know he he's basically been told by dre like he's using you and kevin has admitted at various times yeah i've used him in parts you know and i I know the timeline here may be a little messed up as far as when he admitted that this week and and the events following the uh, secret veto and everything but i mean he he knows that kevin's gaming him and again he doesn't care he likes kevin he likes flirting with him and i'm gonna just give you the realty for a second um not to throw any shade at William, but I guess I'm going to have to. But like a guy like William's not normally going to get to be with a guy like Kevin. I mean, like it would be like if I was in the house and I was with Kevin. Like, you know, we're both like or at least I'm gay and Kevin is sort of fluid about his sexuality. There's not a lot of choices around if you're feeling something. And, you know, yeah, you're a good looking guy and I'll, I'll cuddle with you a little bit. I just don't see that. I don't see them hooking up in real life. I don't think that William is a guy that Kevin would normally go to in real life. That's that's my read on the, on the situation. And that frequently happens in the Big Brother house because you're trapped in there with people that you know you, you you don't get to see anybody else on the outside these are the only people who are your company so i don't think that william should think anything about it on the other hand i feel like kevin's doing a bad job not because he's being portrayed badly but because he, he just needs to be honest with william here and say look william look i'm worried about us being seen as a pair i don't want us both to be on the block together so i you know is it a showman's maybe but I don't want other people thinking this, it's a showman's. I don't want that word coming out of other people's mouths. And so we just need to be careful about this going forward. Otherwise, it's going to be you and me on the block. And you don't want that. And I don't either. That's what he needs to say. Instead of kind of, he's kind yeah. of trying to play William a little bit here and say, you know, well, it's not really. So that's, it's not really a showman's. So, of course, William feels taken aback by that. Like, well, it is a showman. It's, it's almost like you're invalidating William's feelings there. And Kevin needs to realize that those feelings, however misplaced they might be, are valid. And he needs to try to uh, rectify the situation so that William doesn't feel like he's been had. Yeah, I yeah. feel like he should have gone about it that way and say, like, look, we don't want to be seen as a pair. People are starting to pair us together. Like, let's just separate a little rather than trying to make him feel bad. Like, I, I just don't see why he had to be like, well, this is not a showman's and kind of like laugh about it. like. Of, of course it's a showmance. Like, right. as much as Kevin wants to say it's not, it's definitely a showmance. Like, I'm sorry, like, William's right. Like, if you're going to do all that stuff then and say it's not a showmance, well, then what is a showmance? Like, I don't understand. Right. Like, that's what it is. So, you know it, it's just... Oh, yeah, sorry. Go, uh, go ahead. No, go no ahead. it's go fine. Ahead. You can go ahead. I just like, <laughs> I was going to say, like, this reminds me of, like, when I was, like, 18 and I was with, like, a guy who eventually turned out to be straight and we slept together and then the next day he's like, well, I'm not gay or anything. You know, like, I'm <laughs> like, well, I'm a, I don't, I don't do that sort of thing. And I'm like, well, what were you doing last night? Yeah, come on. Like, come on. Yeah, that's totally it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, it's just, it's not fair to William because Kevin seems to only want to be, you know, in a showmance with William when it's convenient to him. And, you know, we can say, oh, well, William knew he was playing him. Like Dre told him, but 
I will say that when William confronted Kevin about like, are you playing me? Kevin's like, I am not playing you. I am not playing you at all. And tried to like really reassure him that he wasn't playing him, and that they really did have a connection. And William's like, oh, thank God. Like, I thought you were playing me. And he felt relieved. And now all of a sudden it's back to like, yeah, well, but we're not anything like, you know that, right? Which is just like, come on, Kevin. Yeah, but it's also in the eye of the beholder, though, because I don't feel like I don't feel like Kevin thinks he is playing William. I feel like he does have an honest to God connection with him and he really enjoys his company and he likes hanging out with him in the house certainly more than a lot other people but on the other hand he's always going to do do what's best for his game so you I know if, it, if go ahead uh, it's just i think that you're right and i think that in it in his head he's not playing him because he's like you know i'm not playing him i genuinely care about the guy right. but he's making we're going back to like the whole argument about like people don't want to look stupid and he's making william look stupid by go, then going into the diary room even if maybe this isn't true but and but saying to the to america or to canada like uh, oh this is all game like this means nothing to me William means nothing to me it's right. just making William look stupid even though Kevin might actually have real feelings for him who knows yeah and I think something that people forget is that Kevin did the same thing to Peely on season three he was in the diary room saying this is how I'm going to manipulate Peely into doing what I want um I mean this is something that that's I think kind of reoccurring with Kevin um and I think a large part of it is just Kevin and just the way that he he speaks and like he tries to be honest in a particular way, which just makes him come across as disingenuous, disingenu- disingenuous. And um, and we um, we we've we've talked about that before, but um, it, it does seem like he cares about William. He he likes William a lot. He wants to work with William. Um, he doesn't want to be in a showmance. And he tries to be honest about like very upfront about that with William, but in different ways at different times. And obviously, William is ends up just very confused because he interprets it a certain way at a certain time. And then he interprets it a different way at a different time. And it seems like something that should be relatively straightforward comes across as very uh, confusing and aloof because, I mean, that's just Kevin in a nutshell, I think. Yeah, I I agree. That's Kevin in a nutshell. That's how he's been in the house the entire season. That's why people think he's shady because he acts like this. I also feel like Kevin in the diary room, he is somebody who knows who he is as far as the producers go. Like he knows that the producers like to portray him as a mastermind, as a gamer, as a big brother legend, you know, somebody who really enjoys thinking about the intricacies and the strategies of the game. So I don't, I feel like he's going in the diary room and saying, you know, that I'm just using William or I'm trying to use him to better my game as a way to assure people that I'm still the same Kevin Martin that you remember. But again, as Taryn correctly points out, that he did the same thing before he he can have an honest to God connection with somebody like Peely and yet still use them as a as something to position himself better in the game. Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, I, Peely and Kevin ended up dating afterwards. Right. And so she's still rooting even for though him, he's yeah. saying, right. Even though he's saying like, Oh, I, I, you know, I'm manipulating her. Or I'm like, you know, controlling her or whatever he may have said, you know, he still actually had feelings for her outside of the house. So I, it's hard to reconcile those things. Right. I think I think part of it is just the language he uses where uh, like he talks about the game. And this is this is also sort of why we often or or at least <clears throat> I don't want to say we uh, why Alex uh, often misjudged, like very, very va- wildly misjudged Kevin as a player, because when Kevin talks about the game, he talks Shade. about it very, uh, very well. Like he he knows exactly what to um, like the intricacies of the strategy and like you have to position people here. And so he's looking at the game sort of like a chessboard. Um, and I think he talks about the people in that way where he's like, I'm using William to do this. 
which doesn't mean that he is like uh, manipulating William or like pretending that he doesn't or pretending that he cares when he doesn't. I think what he means is I have this great relationship with William and I'm using that relationship to do this in the game. And I don't think he realizes what how the term using comes off mm-hmm. as, you know what I mean? Right. Um, I, I really think that that's that's where a large part of the disconnect comes from, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of what Alex said. Was it last night on the podcast where he was talking about oh, it was Monday night when he was talking to you and Rob about, you know, uh, people hear the same thing, but they all have different perceptions of what they just heard. And they, neither one of them are lying. And they're, they're you know, they're both thinking that they're being truthful about it. Um, but I feel like, you know, Kevin feels like he's not using William. Uh, because he has a genuine connection with him. But on the other hand, he's saying that to us in the diary room, but he's like, oh, but that's not true. But then he goes in the diary room and says, oh, that's not true. It can't be both. You know, it can't be both. One, something, something has to be true. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about that jury segment. I was very, very looking forward to this one. Um, yeah. You know, it wasn't, I mean, that is great. You know, I love that she's not bitter. Um, and I'm usually not the person that's going to be like, oh man, I wish they were more dramatic and like angry at each other. Uh, but I did, there was a part of me that was like, can we get a little more like JP and Cindy, a little less Netta and Cindy? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying, Brent? Yeah, I know what you're saying. The problem is that Netta thinks she's a complete, uh, she's been portrayed as a complete Mm -hmm. and utter bitch and villain this entire time. So if she didn't think that, I think she would, even if like, even if she doesn't truly feel that way. And I know that Netta wants to vote for the best player. I know she said that going into the house. So I don't feel like she would ever be a really a bitter juror, but she can, she can definitely be bitter at Cindy. Like I would expect her to be bitter at Cindy. Cause she's like, I told you so, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I feel like she wants to put on a happy face for everybody uh, because she knows how she's been portrayed on big brother Canada. And that's what you get, you know, yeah. no, nobody likes to be hated. I don't really, I don't know of anybody that likes to be hated. Nah, you could see she was crying coming out of the house. She even said in the, at the beginning of the jury segment before Cindy got there that, uh, you know, it, she's still human. Like she, she knows she was a villain, but she also knows that uh, it, it, it still hurts. And she wants to let people know that. So I, I wasn't surprised by this segment at all. Yeah, I think that it's definitely Netta thinking, okay, how do I show that me, whatever the way they portrayed me as, was just part of the game, just in the house, just like a big show. Okay, now I have to be overly nice and overly sweet and just fine with everything. And like, oh, it was all just a game. It was all a game. That was all an act in the jury house. And that's her way to show Canada. Like, look, look, who this is who I am. Like, I, that wasn't me. That was the game, Netta. So I I mean, I totally get it. It sucks because we, we want to see genuine reactions. But, you know, I we're not going to get it. It felt a little bit too saccharine for me. You know, I, I can understand Netta being, you know, the better person and thinking, oh, it's just a game. And I do think that's true. But the honest to God reaction, the, the one that you know the producers want from you is the one that you want to naturally give, which is, you know, girl, what were you thinking? Come on. Mm-hmm. Like, I told you. Like, I mean, she could have said that and still been fine with Cindy. But instead... Like, I mean, she had a little bit too much wine. I don't know. I mean, she she was just like, hey, girl, how you doing? Oh, it's okay. We're all losers. No, it really wasn't I fun to watch. F- I feel like she could have said that, like, you know, no hard feelings. But at the same time, still but, be like, why did you yeah. do that? Like, why? Like, I'm not mad at you as a person, but why? Like, it didn't make any sense strategy wise. Look what happened to you right afterwards. Like, I just wish that she had gotten more out of Cindy rather than Cindy just being like, ah, I don't know. Like, sorry. Like, right. well, now we're friends again. The closest thing she you got know. was Netta saying that, you know, Cindy won't admit that she made a mistake. That was the that was the only 
thing that I got out of this entire segment that I thought was, okay, I understand because that's how she was on the interview with Rob. Mm -hmm. She was like, you know, like I compared her to Miss South Carolina. She was like, I don't know. You know, just like, yeah, that's how she was. So I wasn't, I'm not surprised that she was that way with Netta. You know who pulled off the perfect balance between totally not bitter, but still entertaining in the jury? Mitch Moffat. Mm, He was great. You got to follow Mitch's example. Right. All right. <laughs> I'm giving you I silence. I was expecting moans. Yeah, he was great. Uh, anytime he was I mention, fun. anytime I mention Mitch, you know um, what? I have a t- hot take. Actually, Mitch was more fun in the jury house than he was in the real house. Ah, <sighs> <laughs> uh, love you, Mitch. Um, all right. So, I mean, I, I, I appreciate Netta's perspective. Like, I appreciate what she's portraying. That's what I want to see out of a juror member. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it didn't make for the most exciting jury segment. Uh, you know, we sometimes look forward to those jury segments. Um, but I, I, I at the very least, I, I understand why she did what she did. And I appreciate the fact that she's saying she does not want this to be a bitter jury. Um, yeah. I like that attitude out of a jury. We'll see ultimately how that ends up. Um, but I think that definitely points toward, you know, if somebody like Ika is sitting there in the end, there's no way that Netta doesn't vote for Ika, right? Because she wants to prove that she's not bitter and she wants to respect the person that got her out of the game. I think that Netta will be campaigning for, uh, ne- uh for Ika in the jury house. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even if they come back to her with all the things that she's been saying about her, <laughs> I think even then, I think she'll still probably do it. I think so um, for sure. Yes. So we get to this vote. As I mentioned, we got cheers, cheers when Kevin votes out Karen and booze when Ika votes out Bruno. That seems very shocking to me. Uh, again, I don't know how representative that is uh, for the general viewing audience or right. for the for the super fan. I don't I have no idea. Um, it's not the reaction that I would have expected knowing what I know about what I see from the general fan base, which is like full board, uh, you know, team Ika. And, um, you know, definitely not team. I mean, everyone was calling Bruno boring. I, I didn't realize that he, uh, well, but, uh, you know, uh, great for him for you having know why? The, the fans in the audience. It's just, I mean, because, you know, I feel I really, you know, I, I joke sometimes that I'm the man of the people, but I really do feel like, like I like I understand where the public is coming from on this one, because like I feel like they're mirroring my feelings on this because I was very anti Kevin and Bruno for a long time because mm-hmm. they were running the house. But then yeah. once that once they're not running the house anymore, and they had a couple of bad breaks go against him. Now, all of a sudden, I'm team Kevin and Bruno again. Right. You know, like I was like I was trying to have like a hoping that Bruno could find a way to, to keep himself. And I love Karen, but I really was hoping that Bruno could pull it off and that Kevin and Bruno could remain in the house together with because I'm kind of rooting for Dim, uh, Dimitri Zanaika. But uh, it was not meant to be. And uh, I, I understood where the cheers were coming from because you were a little peeved at Karen after that segment. And you understood that there's a natural animosity from Kevin. I mean, I feel like Kevin's doing a good job. Kevin's behaving a lot better than I would because, you know, I'd have, uh, I'd have told her where to go. Kevin just was like, you know, Karen, please don't call me stupid. You know, like no one likes that. Like, I'll be like, he was really the bigger person about it. And that has to take a lot of uh, a lot of uh, wherewithal to be able to not respond in the way that you, you naturally want to. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm absolutely one of those fickle fans who roots for the underdog. I always try and say exactly. that I'm not, but I always then start to feel like tugs on my heartstrings being like, they're, you know, they're on the bottom. They're by themselves. Like poor Bruno and Kevin, when literally just a week ago, I was like, get them out of here. Like, <laughs> you know, like I, I totally go back and forth. I, I, you know, whenever somebody's an underdog, I root for them. I can't help it. I mean, obviously I try and keep 
perspective on the game. There's nobody in the house that I hate. Absolutely not. I don't hate anybody this season, which is really great. Um, but overall, like it's absolutely the the underdog like scenario where you root for the people who are struggling. And so I could totally see where people would be rooting for, you know, Bruno to stay. Cause like at this point I was rooting for him to try and pull something through. Right. Yeah. I, I saw someone in the chat calling me a mindless underdog casual. <laughs> and I feel like, but I, no, totally, like, I totally like, own that. Like, I, yeah. I, I yeah. Like, and I, yeah. I feel like that's kind of why like I work on the podcast sometimes is because I am kind of like that. And like, there's an element to me that's very casual. And I like, I'm, like, that's why, you know, like I'm, I'm team Rachel, you know, I love Rachel Riley and a lot of like the people, people who are strategists, the gamers, you know, they don't really care for Rachel Riley, but I love Rachel Riley and I worship her. And I feel like that's, there's a little bit of casual in, in, in everybody. Yeah. You're, you're the everyman for the podcast. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I go back and forth every week because, you know, when someone gets in power, like one week I was very pro Ike and Dimitri's and then the next week I'm very pro Bruno and Kevin. And the next week I'm back to being on the other train. I, I go back and forth and I think a lot of fans do that. They do the same thing because it, it's it's fun to right to see different people in power each week. It's not fun to just have somebody, you know ramrod their way to the end it's so much better to have a push and pull i i saw some the fans, effects i yeah, saw the some undercats. fans some fans responding to me um on twitter earlier and they were like you know bye dimitri bye ike because they don't really like them and i'm like i've never seen these kind of tweets before i really haven't you know but that's what happens when you're in power for so long people root start to root against you yeah the undercat effect is very real um and uh you guys have been saying it wrong what do you what's wrong with you um, <laughs> I, don't, I have so, no idea where that came from where where explain i'm sure some people was like me like why are you saying undercat instead of underdog it was, it was on from, one um, of our episodes with rob oh i must have missed that. sorry it was our hashtag okay okay i must have yeah. missed that wow someone in the chat podcast never <laughs> someone in the chat just said that the fans are the ultimate floaters and it's totally true. <laughs> yeah. Totally true. It's totally wow. true. Only, only the, Although we flow the to the way. yeah, we flow to the people who are not yeah. in power. <laughs> I have to right. say though, I have been team Dimitris and Ika almost this entire time. Like I can't. In fact, I don't think there was ever a time that I wasn't. I I I just love them. I think Dimitris is so funny and so goofy, and you know Ika is just giving me everything that I want in a reality TV show <laughs> contestant. And the fact that they're together and they're both so hot. I mean, how can you not? love them they're just great and i think they held the the undercat position for quite a while yes. i think it was long enough to establish yeah. a firm mm -hmm. fan base yeah. to the point where people want really want them to win even though they're now making some mistakes and, and they're they're both in power and making mistakes and being played by other people um the, the fans are sticking pretty much true i think to to ike and dimitri's um so we do uh we do have to get to the vote by a vote of five to one karen you are safe. Um, I, I love that she was trying to get a reaction out of Karen. So I wish I know I, I wanted I wanted Karen's eyes to just like bulge out of her head in that moment. I wanted but, Karen uh, to be like, know, I whatever. told you all I told you it was going to be me. And then her be like, Karen, no, you're safe. Sit down. Yeah. Uh, Bruno, he gives Kevin a big hug on the way out. He says, you got this, Kev. Um, and, uh, you know, he says, too, in his interview with with Arissa. He tried to set Kevin up for uh, to to win the game. He, he did his best to set Kevin up, and that's very true. He spent a lot of his time not campaigning for himself and more campaigning to help Kevin in the game moving mm -hmm. forward. What do you? How do you feel about this, Brent? 
I mean, I'm sort of of two minds about it. It really was tough going. I mean, you know, Bruno is a smart guy, and he just could not see a way for him to get four votes this week. It had to be four votes or it had to be three votes with essentially Ika's support because there's no way that Dimitri's going to break a tie in his favor if Ika's not supporting it. So he was in a really bad spot as far as the numbers go. Um, you know, I'll throw a little bit of shade at him because I feel like there were some people that he didn't campaign to. But on the other hand, I don't know what he should have said to those people to get them to change. Uh, I just, I don't know. I mean, maybe he could have got Will's vote by, you know, but Will was amenable to supporting him. I feel like at different times, um, you know, if, if he could get everyone else or get some other people, I feel like the linchpin to everything was either Dre or Ika, really probably Ika. You know, I don't feel like Dre is going to vote against Ika uh, here until she knows where, like she, she's not going to pull a move like that and turn her back on her number one ally. who has been her number one ally this entire time. So I really do feel like the linchpin was Ika and Bruno worked on Ika. He really did. And after he realized that it wasn't going anywhere, then that's when he started to set up Kevin's game for him a little bit better next week by, by talking with Dylan and Karen. And, uh, uh, but the problem is that some of that, got back to Ike and Demetrius. So, you know, if God forbid Ike wins HOH, then I, I, she's not exactly happy with, with Kevin uh, going into it. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, to Bruno's credit, he did make a strong push to stay. Um, and he, again, he, he came a lot closer than most people come yeah. in terms of, you know, actually making a, a good case and, and really almost getting Ike um kind of getting close to getting dimitri at some point but it just it wasn't sticking and that was really the only route he had and without any new information to bring them uh like hey dre is trying to screw you yeah that's uh, the one there was, yeah. yeah oh my gosh we, we have to make sure rob asks in his exit interview with, with bruno yeah why did you why not you expose that dre was in on the plan not only that did she know that you were go- that Ike and Demetrius were maybe going up when when Dylan won HOH, but she was wholeheartedly whole hog rooting against Demetrius to win the veto. She wanted to get him out of the house so that Ike would be loyal to her. I mean, that's what he needed to say to her. He never exposed that piece of information. I am lost as to why he didn't, and I really want to know. Maybe he thinks he did, but I I mean I feel like he's a better player than that. Like I, I mean, Taryn. Why did why did he not tell her tell somebody that? I I, I really I, I mean I like I I think I speculated like I think maybe he just forgot. That's I think the, I think that's the only that explanation. Could this enti- this, that could change this entire season if they knew that Dre was plotting against Demetrius when he was head of household. I mean I don't know if he would ever put ever put her up, but he might not have put up Kevin and Bruno. And with Kevin and Bruno, Ico and Demetrius united, that would have been a fearsome foursome going into a triple eviction. Yeah, and I, I really think they should have done it. I really think, um, you know, and we thought this before. This, we thought this before yeah. we knew there was a triple eviction. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, I, and I mean, like you said, I think what we're looking at with this triple eviction, and and again, even without it, is we're probably going to see Kevin, Ika, and Dimitri going out pretty pretty quickly in succession. So, um, all in one night, all in one night, yeah. that, and that's that's just. If you're a producer on a show, that's a nightmare for you because all of your stars going out, all of their exit interviews are the same day. All of the press happens on the same day. If, you know, if something interesting happens with one of them, it gets overshadowed by somebody else. Mm-hmm. I, it's just I'm at a loss as to why they're doing this now. I really am. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to stop throwing shade at them about it, but I'll continue on Twitter. <laughs> yes. And, and, and Bruno, again, he did say in his interview with Arissa, you know, he really was 
up four, going to final four with yes. With Ike and, and I Dimitri, felt like so. that too. Yeah, I felt like that. Gosh, yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, another interesting thing I think was the goodbye message by Dre, where she basically says, "Hey, look, you know, I I did this. I took you out, and uh, I'm coming for Kev and Ika next, and uh, the new the new players are taking over." Um, I, I don't know. I I kind of feel like. It's 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 hard because obviously this is kind of um, a an aggressive goodbye message, but she's also taking a lot of strategic credit and and showing to 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 Bruno at least like I am the one in charge. You thought it was mm-hmm. Ika, but I am playing Ika, and she is the one being manipulated by me. Is it going to work with Bruno though? Because we know Bruno not the biggest fan of Dre, and he does like Ika more than he likes Dre. So, um, what do you think, Melissa? What do you think of this goodbye message? I think it's an interesting strategy. I mean, I think it's also important because at this point, people don't see Dre pulling any strings or really doing much of anything. They're thinking it's all coming from Ika and that Ika is manipulating Dre and everybody else in the house. So I think it it's kind of crucial that she show in whatever way she can that she's making big moves and that she's controlling people and that thing that she's not just sitting around and that people aren't just telling her what to do. She's in control. So I definitely think it's good for you know, end game. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, sorry. I was reading something in the chat. I wanted to respond to that. Um, the, uh, the, the thing about her goodbye message to me is that it felt a little bit catty and nobody likes to be made a fool. And I feel like Bruno, she was trying to make Bruno feel like a fool. Like, haha, I got you out. I'm going for the other vets now. Like, I don't think that's really a way to get his vote. On the other hand, I don't feel like Dre's ever going to get his vote. I, I mean, I, I, I just don't see Bruno voting for a player like Dre somebody who's behind the scenes, who's working her magic, you know, where nobody can see it. Uh, I feel like that Bruno is going to want to vote for somebody who's more out in front. Now, he may ultimately not not have the chance. There might be basically Dre and somebody else who was even more invisible in the final two. And in that case, maybe he would vote for her. But uh, I, I really, I think she knows her audience and, and maybe she's just like, ah, I don't even like you to hell with you. This is what's going to happen. And, and uh, the only thing I, w- I will say is that she... I, I, I said on Twitter that she's, or maybe in a chat room, I said this, that she's doing her best to be hated by Canada. And I feel like that is true. Like when you go into the diary room and leave a goodbye message to somebody who's just been voted out, who's a fan favorite, and you say, see ya. And by the way, I'm coming for your two friends too. The two people who came in the house with you. People that are loved by Canada. I, don't, I feel like the audience responded really badly to that. And she better thank your lucky stars that there's no Canada's vote or involvement coming up anytime soon because i don't imagine many people like her right now and also the audience reaction to the goodbye message is going to have some influence on the person listening mm-hmm. uh you know yeah. if, the, if the audience is like oh when dre says that he's gonna be like oh well she's not doing very well you know what i right. mean like that right. that's going to be ingrained in him even if he doesn't register it consciously um and i do agree i think i think taking the credit is good because she should be getting the credit and it might be going unnoticed but the way she did it was just a little too aggressive, especially for somebody like Bruno, who has talked about, you know, he never really connected with her in right. the house. He never really got along with her. So um, I'm not sure she can count on a Bruno jury vote here. I and feel like he's certainly not going to be evangelizing for her. I feel like she should have done a little bit more ass kissing here. Like, you know, Bruno is a Big Brother legend. You know, he could have won Big Brother three, if not for an inopportune twist. And, you know, he played a, a, a mighty game this time around. 
had a few bad breaks go where his own alliance won HOH and then somehow members of their own alliance got voted out. So uh, I feel like she could have done a little bit more ass kissing there and he would have probably remembered that. And she didn't do any of that. Well, I mean, I think the move is, look, Bruno, you're so good at this game. Right. I needed to get you out. Mm -hmm. I need to get the vets out. They're too good. I'm terrified of you. Exactly. Exactly. You're still taking credit, but you're you're playing up to his ego. I think he would have liked that a lot. Yeah. Um, but definitely. You know. Um, okay, so then we get started on this HOH competition. They're holding little weights against plates, and uh it's an endurance competition. This is like uh like really reminiscent of Survivor, right? Like this is the most survivor-esque challenge I think I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it also looked uh, basically impossible for me. Like, there's no <laughs> way that I'd be able to do that. Like, holding up my arms like that, I have absolutely no upper body strength. I, like, get tired when I'm washing my hair in the shower. So <laughs> I literally would, it just looked, I was like, well, great. Like, a girl is not going to win this one, is what I just kept thinking to myself. Yeah, I guess we need a uh, a washing your hair challenge. Um, for, <laughs> yeah, well, I'd lose most. that too, so... <laughs> Uh, okay um let's get to some questions just a couple questions before we talk about some spoilers because we do know who won the hoh we don't know much apart from that at least i don't know much apart from that there's been some stuff happening as we talked but i haven't been able to keep track of it um so anyway some questions we got one from hope she says with the triple eviction coming up do you think kevin will fall victim to history repeating itself uh what, what do you think the chances are melissa I think the chances are real good, uh, which is disappointing. Uh, I, I'm just so disappointed that this is like, I really thought that they weren't going to do another. I thought they'd do probably another double, but I did not think, I mean, cause we just talked about this last night on the podcast saying that we thought they'd do another double, but we didn't think that they would do a triple or an instant or any, or a jury buyback or anything like that. Like we thought it was going to be a very clean game to the end. And yeah. Yeah, I I think that I think Kevin's in a lot of trouble here. I think there's not a lot of scenarios where Kevin does not go home in this double because I don't think he's necessarily anyone's number one target at the moment, except for maybe Ika. Um, but even then, it's like uh, he's he's mostly just he's one of right now. He's one of those people that's like a number two target, a number three target, yeah. somebody that would go up on the block in a triple and just be a victim of well, yeah, just we needed to send somebody else home too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, what no one would be hurt by Kevin going up on the block, really. I mean, he doesn't really have anyone left except maybe William. So, you know, he's just an easy person to put up on the block, not upset people. I mean, depending on who gets HOH, it's just an easy third person to throw up there. All right. Another question from Stephanie. Who would who could safely lose this HOH and not worry about being targeted? Uh, Brent, what do you think about this? Uh, Dre, number one. I don't feel like anybody is going to put Dre on the block, even, uh, well, I was going to say even in a triple, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about this one. Um, I feel like that, uh, that she's pretty well insulated herself, and Bruno correctly pointed that out. He was trying to campaign a little bit against Dre to Ika. Of course, Ika immediately went and told Dre, like, you know, this is what Bruno's been saying about you. So, uh, uh, I, I just, it's very frustrating how much Ika trusts Dre and how uh, sneaky. Dre is in regards to Ika. I mean, she just is like I almost can't stand her when she's not a, when she's not with her because she's like, you know, Ika, you know, you were, you know, had a vets alliance against me and we need to get you out. You know, the vets got to get out of here. Like, I mean, if Ika even got a sniff of this, 
I feel like mm-hmm. her opinion would be changed and she would not immediately run everything back to Dre like they are, you know, girls back home. But that's what it feels like right now. I'm so shocked that some of the stuff that Dre has said hasn't gotten back to Aika yet because she has not been afraid to go around to everybody except for Dre and Dimitri's and say, you know, we got to get the vets out. We got to get Dre and Dim- or Aika and Dimitri's out. We got to get them out. You know, she said it to everybody. And it's not gotten back to Ike yet, which it's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, looking at this this coming eviction, um, you know, excluding the, the, the triple for now, um, this next coming week, I, it's hard to imagine anybody going home other than Ike, Dimitri or Kevin. Maybe William, maybe small chance of William. But I think the rest, the other four are completely safe. I don't see any scenario where Jackie, Karen, Dylan mm-hmm. or Dre go home here. Right. Exactly. And of course, they should see that, you know, if they if you can't see that going into this HOH competition that, you know, look, we're warring against ourselves here. Maybe we should change the dynamics of the game. You know, somebody somebody has to trust first. You know, if you're in Mm -hmm. power, you have to trust. So if any one of those four wins, I mean, maybe not William. I don't know how he feels necessarily, but I feel like somebody has to take a, a leap of faith. And, you know, you have to put your trust in your position I heard you on a podcast earlier, uh, Taryn, saying that Aika and Dimitris, for now, have chosen trust over positioning. And I just feel like that when you're playing with people this long in the house, that that's probably a wrong call. Uh, There have been people who have done it, people like, I think, Derek Lavasser, but Mm -hmm. even he, I feel like, was positioned correctly while also, at the same time, trusting people who were a little bit too dumb to trust him as much as they did. Uh, I feel like that at this point, you always want to have... Position is set. It's a fallback. You know, if, if trust falls through, at least you have your position. But if all, all you have is your trust, then you're putting yourself in a really dicey situation. Yeah, I think that's, that's very astute here. There. Um, all right. From Ben Scribner. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, if Kev survives the triple, what are his chances of winning Big Brother? What do you think, Melissa? I think... It's really hard because it honestly depends who goes home in the triple. Uh, Because, you know, if the triple ends up getting out, Ike and Dimitri's, then, yeah, he has a good chance of winning. But if, if, you know, the triple gets out some of the people who might come in between them uh, and who might have gone out before Kevin, then I don't know. So, But I do think that if he survives the triple, he has a good chance of making it to the end. I, I definitely think so. I agree because the tri- the competitions in uh, final five and on are, are typically competitions that are going to favor mm-hmm. somebody like Kevin. Um, I feel like that, you know, whoever, if like I said, Ica or uh, Demetrius can't compete, but if Ica or Kevin win the next HOH competition, they're going to have to change the storyline, which is, you know, we're playing against each other and all of these people in the middle are just laughing at us. And, you know, you, you feel like you can trust them, but you really can't. So, like, let's unite, realize that we're both sitting ducks and go after them and shake things up because otherwise we know how this story ends. We're going to continue to war against each other until... There's none of us left and all the people in the middle get to have fun. Mm-hmm. It's true. All right. I think we're ready for some spoilers. Yay. I think we need to know who won this HOH. So, um, all right, before we move forward, we're just going to take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. The office of civil defense has issued the following message. This is a spoiler warning. 
A spoiler. Warning means that an actual spoiler against this country has been detected and that protective action should be taken. <laughs> um, all right. So who won HOH, Melissa? Kevin won HOH. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> Oh, Kevin. Yeah, oh, Kevin. The exact was- same thing that, that happened to him last triple eviction. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, but Kevin and Dre were apparently the last two standing. And Dre made a deal with Kevin for him not to put her up. And Ika and Demetrius are not happy about that at all, especially Ika, because she's like, why didn't Dre make the deal the other way? Which is, you know, I won't like, put I, you yeah. up if you throw it to me. But instead, she was all too willing to throw it to Kevin. And that should be a clue. I go, <laughs> what the hell? I mean, do you need somebody to come up with a damn megaphone and tell you? She's not on your side. She made a deal two weeks ago that, that said that you were going to be on the block. You know that. Ika is aware that Dre, wa- that Dre was aware. I'm uh, sorry. Ika is aware that Dre made a deal with mm-hmm. Dylan where Dylan said it's probably going to be Ika and Dimitri's. Dre was okay with that. Now, Dre has deflected mm-hmm. that essentially by saying, yeah. well, you know, but that he said we could talk and, you know, blah, blah. He wasn't as sad as, as I thought he was. Well, yeah. all well and good. But when they stepped off the stand, those were going to be the nominees. Ika's aware of this. So now she's made another deal with what, at least going into today, is Ika's arch enemy in Kevin because Ika's really, really mad at Kevin because, in my opinion, Kevin was overplaying a little bit telling his plans to people. He's trying to make sure he's, he, he's basically trying to make sure he's covered everywhere. And in doing so, it got back to Ika that Kevin has been saying he's going to put them up. Now, I don't know if he's going to put them up. I don't know what his true intentions were at the time, but they, they, started, they started the war again. And I didn't like that. They did make a deal going into this HOH competition. I read on Twitter that if either one of them won, Ika or Kevin, that they wouldn't put the other ones up. So we'll see. I know that they're talking right now in the HOH room, or they were, and I'm not convinced that he's going to put Ika and Demetrius up, but he's going to have a lot of pressure from everybody in the house. And again, that should tell him something. If these five people over here are all saying, put those two up, then they're wanting you to do their work for Mm -hmm. them. Don't do their work for them, Kevin. Not to mention the fact, the horrible sense of humor that big brother has that he is one hoh he's going to be the outgoing hoh in going into the triple just like he was the last time so he can't even compete for the power of hoh it's all on the veto and unless william that's his only lifeline Mm -hmm. william i'm already talking about the triple but if william wins the triple then kevin's safe but yep. if William doesn't win the triple, then I feel like Kevin has to, has to fight for his life in a one in six veto competition. So he, he, he's got to be smart about these nominations. He cannot put up Demetrius and Ika. I know some people want him to on Twitter, but it's not, a, it's not the right game move for him. And I'm praying that he can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think if he shows his loyalty to them in this situation, it'll, it'll bode well for moving forward. But I also think that if he does put them up and one of them goes out, that leaves him totally vulnerable for the next one, because you know that all the other five are trying to get Ika and Dimitri's out. And just like you were saying, that should be a clue to him that they're not with Ika and Dimitri's. You need, you need, Oh, God, you need to put yourself in a good position moving forward. And the best way to do that is to, to see that Ike and Dimitri are on the outs and put yourself with them. 
create yeah, something just, new and say everybody right. else was trying to get you guys out and I am going to save you. Yes, you need to shake up the, the chessboard. The, the chessboard is positioned in a way that is not advantageous for either one of you. So move some pieces around. Mm-hmm. Make people scared. Don't tell everybody that they're going to be safe, that I may nominate Ike and Demetrius. And I don't know that he's done that. I'm just saying, you don't want to, because if you tell people they're safe, then they stop talking. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Now. You know, I don't need to, I need to worry about anything. So, uh, and by the way, I will also call out Ike and Demetrius. Their behavior has not been great going after this. They're mad at Dre. I know she might be mad at Dre, but don't tell Dre that you're mad. Don't, don't give her the dirty look and let her know that you're pissed that she made a deal. And don't haul yourself out in the backyard with the Dimitris and sit there and snuggling and cuddling while the other five or six people are up there laughing at you. I mean, just bad gameplay all the way around. I'm hoping that Kevin saves us. Look, here's the, here's the thing. If Kevin nominates Ike and Dimitris, or if they somehow, one of them goes out this week, I, it's, it's, Taryn, it's over. It's, it's over. Kevin's going to go out in the triple unless he wins the veto. And it's going to be some combination of Ike, Dimitris, and Kevin. If he, if he takes a leap of faith and keeps them off the block and goes after Karen, because it'd be easy for him to do, and people in the middle, like Dre, like if he went after, like, can you imagine Karen and Dre nominations? Oh my God. I mean, I, that would just be, then the house would totally reorganize. It would just be wonderful. And I'm hoping that he can see that because Bruno has made him see that Dre's in an amazing position in the house. So I'm hoping he can see again. I'm I'm trying to use my telepathy here, you know, <laughs> and I'm really hoping that it works. Well, it's it's interesting because it's basically the shoe is on the other foot here. Uh, last week, Ike and Dimitri were in a position where Bruno and Kevin were telling them, you are in so much trouble next week if you don't keep us. And they decided not to because they couldn't trust them. And Kevin found out. Last week, when they after they made that pitch, long after they made that pitch, Ika was trying to convince everyone in the house to target Kevin. Mm-hmm. And so how you know, he needs to now go from that to listen, guys, again, I know we already made this pitch to each other before, but now I'm in the position of power and I'm still making this pitch. Yeah. We need to trust each other. I know you were trying to get me out. It doesn't matter. Those people are going to win this game if we exactly. go after each other. Mm-hmm. However, I do think there's yeah. a little bit more of a risk here than there was last week for Ika and Dimitri, where once Dre is exposed and everybody is exposed for the whole uh, going after Ike and Dimitri thing, I think Ike and Dimitri are much more capable of winning those players back over once they have power again. So I, I don't think it's a given that Kevin can trust Ike and Dimitri to not just turn around and stab him right in the back in the triple if they do win, because, oh man, you know, we did get out that backstabbing Dre or, you know, whoever it is that they need to get out but we also managed to rope in Jackie because Jackie's willing to work with us. And Dylan is now, you know, by himself. And oops, Kevin, you also went in the triple. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's not a lot of play. I think that's a risky move as it is. It's probably the only move, though, because as it stands, everybody in that triple is going to target Kevin probably as the second target, not as the first. But that's just as good. And unfortunately, he doesn't know that the triple is coming up. He doesn't obviously know that he won't be eligible for that triple. So there are a lot of factors that he's not aware of that make it even more vital that he 
he reach out with an olive branch with Ike and Dimitri and really try to reshuffle the deck here. Really try. Um, he has to try. If he just does the easy thing, the thing that everybody expects him to do, then, then the storyline is going to continue to play out the way it has been. And he's aware that the current storyline is bad for him. He's aware that he's probably only safe because he won HOH. So how do you change that? You alter the, the way that the characters are interacting with each other. You know, you don't tell people that they're safe. Put some, up some different nominees. I mean, again, I, I say the, the people in the middle, uh, he has to realize how safe they feel and how unworried they are. If I was ever in the house and I was mad at someone, as I like, can be in my normal life, and I'm realizing that, that the house wants me to get them out for them, like they don't care about me. They're using me to do their work. I'd be like, mm -hmm. screw you all. I'm coming after you now because I don't like being used. There's a lot of things people don't like. Being used is one of them. That's what we were talking about earlier with William. He doesn't want to feel used. People don't like to feel used. So I'm hoping that Kevin can realize that. But I, I, I don't know. But if anybody can do it, I do feel like Kevin can. Because I feel like that even though we, we, we throw shade at his social game, and rightly so, I do feel like from a, you know, his, with his poker background, from a positional point of view, he has to see the way that the, the game pieces are on the board right now. Don't you think, Melissa? I mean, I would think so. It's, it's really tough, though, when you're right there in it. And when yeah. people are telling you all different things, you know, it's hard to just, like, kind of see the overhead view and be able to be like, okay, well, this person's lying to me. This person's telling me the truth. Like, I need to align with this person in order to get further. Like, you know, yeah, we, we're omniscient. We know what's going on. He doesn't. He's sitting in there and he doesn't know. So it's going to be really interesting to see what he decides to do this week because it could totally change up the game. By the way, I will say that the, the chat room is telling me that Ika's making it really difficult to, for Kevin to trust her with this current conversation. I don't have the conversation in front of me because I'm on the podcast with you, but I can guess what it's like because I know Ika, <laughs> yeah. she has been really messy with her game. She just talks too much. And as somebody pointed out correctly on Twitter, when she's stressed, she talks even more, yeah. you know, and a lot of the things that she's saying to Kevin, I'm sure she's saying something like, uh, you know, I, I was mad at you and, 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 and I heard you were talking about me. Girl, he has HOH. You need to be kissing his butt right now. But that, that's the part of Ika that's, that's not the good game player. You know, we love Ika because she keeps it real. But keeping it real in this instance, I don't feel like is in her best interest. But still, even as bad as she plays, I feel like that Kevin should be able to figure out that it's not the correct move. Yeah, according to the chat, she's like trashing Bruno and, uh, and handling it very poorly. Oh, man, I, man, that's, that's unfortunate um well and, and, thank god he doesn't have to do nominations right now yeah um and and i mean sort of uh you know like um i, I forget who said it but um you know the problem that kevin has right now is that again i don't he doesn't know that the triple's coming and that mm -hmm. that's really the piece that's like it makes it especially vital that he does this there's there's some reason to think he might be safe if he takes out ika or something leaving dimitri as a big target or vice versa um, and that those those players would go after Ika before him, which would leave him safe for another week and then he could move forward. But with the triple, he will definitely go next to them. And so that's what he that's what he's not going to be able to see. And that's, I think, one of the bigger reasons why he might not make this move ultimately. Um, but, and you know, you know Bruno, he, he should realize though, that, 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 that and I know you can't predict the twists, but he also he should he should realize he knows how much time is left in the game right now. So he knows that they're at least going to have another double coming up and they haven't, it's been a couple weeks. 
So it's likely that it may come up and he, he would be the outgoing HOH. I know a double is not the same as a triple, but it still leaves him in a very vulnerable spot if he gets out Demetrius or Ika, especially if he gets out Demetrius. Like, let's say, let's take Demetrius off the board after you just saw Kevin win this competition where he's using his upper body to hold these things against the wall. You know how Big Brother players think they're going to want to get him out because they're going to think of him as a beast in some of these competitions. He's smart and he's also physical and he's showing that to them now. Oh, gosh, yeah. I feel like I feel like he can figure this out. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll shut up because I'm starting to repeat myself because I'm really nervous that if he if he does this, then we're going to le- be left with five people that I consider totally unlikable. It would be like the Pax brothers and Kelsey if they clone themselves and also <laughs> throw in Jared, you know, like that's how it would be. Ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 a rough spot. Um, Let's keep I, hope I, alive. <laughs> um yeah and and it's like bruno set him up in this position right where it's like he set him up for this week to be safe like if kevin didn't win this hoh bruno was trying to set him up so that he would be safe Mm -hmm. and i think he was yeah he was all he needed to worry about was ika i don't think he needed this hoh and you know i mean i understand of course i understand why he won it he was on the ropes last week he was definitely in some danger for sure uh and again he can't predict that the triple is coming up which makes this hoh even worse but um man, uh I I I think winning this is gonna be the death knell to uh to Kevin's game here. And it's gonna it's gonna mirror what happened yeah. last time. Outgoing HOH somebody, into the triple. Somebody in the chat, Trevor, says you find William and Jackie unlikable. I mean, bitch, I hope you're being sarcastic, but how can you not? Like, I mean, Jackie is such a rat floater. I mean, she makes Andy look somewhat noble. And William, to me, is just somebody who I can't stand because he's been told that he's being used and he still continues to touch the hot stove. I just don't understand it. I like William. I'm a William fan. I like William, too. Yeah. Yeah. Jackie, (laughs) I don't mind Jackie so much, but I also feel like like she's just not really doing anything, so I can't really have that much of an opinion You know what it is about William? It's that damn coat. He wears that coat every time for a special event. It looks (laughs) terrible. It's tacky. That's that's the reason. Man. That's the reason. You've been, you've been hating on Williams looks all podcasts. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Let me continue. Um, no, I, I think I think Williams. I think he's uh, I think he's like kind of funny in the diary room. I, I love say. his I like, diary I like room stuff. Diary. I love yeah. how funny he's so funny, and I I like him in in on the feeds. I don't know. I I'm a William fan, so but mm. I also like I'm pretty much a fan of everybody who's left at this point. And I was a fan of everybody before this. So there really hasn't been anybody that I've just hated or really just like, I've been, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Jackie, but I don't hate her. I think that she can be really annoying sometimes um, with just the way that she, you know, she goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth and just tells everybody secrets to everybody. Um, But, you know, I don't I don't quite mind her because I also feel for her. I feel bad for her. She feels like she has no friends. She feels like she has nobody. Uh, she feels so like she's the, completely you're, you're alone. That girl. Like, you're, you're that girl. I knew you were. I just, you're you like, know, oh, I feel bad. Oh, yeah, okay, I do feel this. bad for her. I mean, like, I do feel bad. I feel like she, she's this whole game. She hasn't had anybody. So she's, you know, she what else is she going to do? She's she doesn't trust anyone anymore. Anytime she puts her trust in somebody, they just like rip her heart out. It's so sad. She was so excited mm. when they made the peasant alliance. And then all of a sudden they throw her under the bus upstairs. I don't know. I'm not a Jackie like huge Jackie fan or anything. I just right. I don't 
I don't hate her, and I don't hate anybody who's on the show. Right, right, right. I know. I'm just throwing shade. The people, the people who listen to my RuPaul's Drag Race podcast will under will know the, the little meme about you were you're that girl. I knew you were because it happened on RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, like the, here's the thing. I'm worried. I I, I like Dre. I like Dre's game. Okay, it's not an especially intriguing, but it's an interesting game. And if she can pull it off, like she would be a very worthy winner of Big Brother Canada Five. The problem is that I feel like if if Dre gets if she's successful with her plan, I feel like she's going to fall at like the 20 mile marker of a marathon where she gets all the vets out. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden now she is the biggest target. Yeah. Now she's the most likable person there. The people who are worried about getting to the final two, the strategic person, the person who has a friend in everybody. And I, I, I really feel like that she might go out like fifth or fourth. And then we're left with the unhorrible combination combination of like Dylan and Jackie and Karen. That'd just be. I could absolutely see them cutting her right at the last minute. Yeah, me too. Like, I mean, mean, if she's going to do all this work, like you've got to take it home. Like you can't get rid of all my favorites and then fall on your (laughs) face at the final four. Like you have to take it. Yeah. I feel like there are some players that just, they're kind of just, they kind of play spoiler, right? Where it's like, they do really well and they take out all the best players, but they can't like, that's all they're good at mm-hmm. and they're not able to bring it home. Yeah. And, um, I think, yeah, Cindy, Cindy's was, probably one of those players. Yep. That was, <laughs> that was Zeke last week on survivor. That's uh Zeke was a spoiler last week on survivor. He, I was, yeah. was going to say that. Right. But, uh, that's okay. It's been, it's, look, like us, people who care about spoilers. It's been a week. So come on already. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so, you know, things are very, things are looking very, uh, tense here in the, for big brother five. But, or Big Brother Canada 5. Uh, but still, I think it's been a really good season up yeah. to this point. There's only three weeks left. Even if things go downhill from here, I think we had a pretty good season. Maybe maybe with a lackluster ending, probably because of a dumb twist they needed to throw in at the last minute. Um, but, you know, whatever. We still had a, a fairly good run up until this point. So let's let's be grateful. Um, <laughs> Why? God, you guys are... Oh, never mind, I can't say it. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say something that I said on a previous pot Periscope and that Rob laughed at, but then I'm like, I can't say that on this podcast. So yeah, we're, we're, go ahead. Yeah. All right. So does anybody have any ideas for a hashtag? Let me know in the chat. Let me know, Brent and Melissa, if you have any either. Um, and also let me know if you have any final thoughts about this episode, about the week moving forward. Uh, anything? Any thoughts that you have? Uh, well, I mean, we have said it all because I mean, I just, I'm just worried, and I think I think I feel like we're at the at a at a precipice here where uh, you know if Kevin goes down this road that seems obvious, he should realize that it's obvious. And there's, I mean, I would never make the obvious move in Big Brother. I just feel like that does other people's work, and they are they're, and they're not going to be grateful for it either. Alex Kidwell correctly pointed out that, you know, there's no such thing as clout or, or you know, uh, a reward for anybody in the Big Brother game. People make the moves that they make because they feel like it's in their best interest. They're not going to give a damn if Kevin does their work for him. He's totally expendable and he should realize that. Yeah. All right. I'm seeing these um, hashtags are saw, crazy. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of them. Um, I, I don't know how many of them are going to work. I like I like unbearable just because it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. um, let is, me know if you guys yeah, see one unbearable uh, yes yeah, B-E-A-R, yeah. I, yeah. I like unbearable especially because you know this season could become unbearable uh with this triple um <laughs> thank you for laughing um <laughs> so uh we have a uh the lfc l- round table coming up on sunday at 4 p.m eastern 
where we will talk all about what Kevin decided to do with his nominations, everything that's been happening uh, during the week, who won the veto, what they plan to do with it, and um, everything else moving forward. We'll probably know a lot about what's going to happen in the triple two. So uh, look out for that show. That's a lot of fun. Really like doing that show. We really get into the detail of what's going on, uh, really get into the weeds of it. Um, So check that out. We will also be live in Toronto, May 11th, uh, it is the week before finale, so it's probably going to be a pretty good episode, you know, getting down there. Um, there will be some some guests, some Big Brother Canada alumni who are there who are going to hang out with us. It's going to be awesome. Yes. Um, make sure make sure you come. Don't don't uh, don't miss this. It's a bad idea. Uh, Karen's going to yell at you. She's going to go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I'll uh, be there. So come yell at me. <laughs> if you're a Big Brother Canada alum who's hated what I said on the podcast about you, come on down and say it to my face. Yes. I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> Come to the show and then just yell Kevin at us. <laughs> Kevin! Kevin! <laughs> Kevin! All right. Uh, um, so that is it. Uh, I just recorded a Team Ninja Warrior podcast with Lita that will be released uh, sometime soon. Um, it, this has been a pretty fun season so far. It's It's been enjoyable. Make sure you check it out. Uh, very fun show. Brent, you're still doing the uh, the um, RuPaul's Drag Race. RuPaul's, yes. See, you're that girl. I knew you were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't even remember uh, it. Yes, I'm doing RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> Me, Mike Bloom, and Liana recorded a podcast, and uh, there's another episode coming up. Snatch Game is coming up this Yay. Friday. Oh and we're really I love Snatch Game. Yes, and I'm very excited. <laughs> Sounds about the, very, very excited about the people, the, the celebrities that they are doing in the Snatch Game. One contestant is doing a previous drag queen from the show, which oh. has never been done before. And somebody else is doing um, Miss Universe. And then they crossed it out and put Miss Columbia. So obviously the Miss Columbia who was announced oh, yeah. uh, incorrectly as Miss Universe. Yes, that should That's be good. fun. That's super. Oh man, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, um, okay <laughs> so. like I'm just gonna laugh along. <laughs> yes. Okay, so uh, for Brent and Melissa, I am Taryn Armstrong. Hashtag unbearable. We will see you next time. 